0: This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We're going to, we're going to continue this, uh, this series on, we started last week on Unshakable. Let's pray and then we'll get going. Father, we're grateful. We are grateful for you. We are grateful for your goodness. We are grateful, Father, that you have helped us and sustained us. The fact that we're able to come here tonight to have a place to worship, to have a nice place to worship. What a blessing that is. Lord, thank you for that. We didn't always have that, but you've helped us and you've blessed us. Thank you that we have young people. We're able to come and bless them tonight and they're here. So, Father, we're just so grateful tonight for all that you've done. As we sit, sit, Father, and listen to your word, I just ask that you give me words that bring life and strength and that our hearts are open and that we can receive from you because your word changes us and transforms us into something more than we ever thought we could be, and we're thankful for that. So our hearts are open, our minds are open, and we'll be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 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 In 1 Thessalonians, 3rd chapter, in verses 2 and 3, we started last week with, uh, with this called unshakable. 1 Thessalonians 3, 2 and 3. Paul said, and I sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we were appointed to this. Last week, we began to talk about the idea that Paul sent Timothy to the church at Thessalonica and he sent him for a reason. He said, I'm sending you there to establish you. In other words, to strengthen you for you could get stronger and to encourage you in your faith. And there was a reason for that they were going through difficult times and he was saying is if your faith is stronger and you're encouraged in that then when these afflictions happen trouble pressure when it happens you're not shaken by it distressed moved just unnerved by it and so the idea is paul said I didn't send you there just to pat you on the head and tell you it's all going to be alright. He said, I, I sent you there to encourage you and strengthen you in your faith because when your faith gets stronger, even though the afflictions can happen, your capacity to handle them is better. Your ability to handle difficulties is better. Say, well, I said, well, I don't want any difficulties, Alan. <laughs> I wish I could help you there, guys, but it, it's, this is life. <laughs> Some brother one time came and And he came down to his pastor, an old old church. He said, Pastor, he said, I want you to pray for me. He said, what for? It's a good question. He said, what for? He said, I want you to pray that I don't have any more problems with the devil. (laughs) (laughs) This this pastor made his tribe increase, laid laid his hands on this guy's head and went, Heavenly Father, I pray that you kill my brother right now and take him home in (laughs) Jesus' name. (laughs) He said, no, no, no. I don't want to die he said well that's the only way that you're never going to have any more trouble I mean you know in this world we're living in until we until we go into the sweet by and by we're living in the nasty now and now and so we still have things to do and there's going to be trouble that comes our way I wish it didn't I wish I could tell you as your pastor I believe that this upcoming year is going to be a year with no trouble (laughs) And, and I'd be lying so let's don't do that We talked about, I wanted to give you you eight reasons. We got through four last week. We talked about faith. And faith is, uh, the definition I gave you was one, I found it years ago, and I'm thinking was from Amplified. Faith means we're confident of what we expect. We're convinced of what we do not see. Confident of what we expect, convinced of what we do not see. So begin to give some reasons why our faith is important. Bible says a lot about it. And if the Bible says a lot about a subject, that means we can't ignore it. We have to pay attention to it. And so the Bible says a lot about our faith. One of the first things is we want to see, we want to grow, we want to develop in our faith, because the Bible said it's, it's impossible to please God without it. You can't please Him without faith. The Bible says you come to God, you got to believe that He is. You got to believe that He's real. God did not, prove, He will not prove Himself to us. We believe He's real, and we believe He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So we believe that about God. We talked about that last week. You're always welcome to go back and, and and watch the YouTube or get the download. We talked about the fact that the shield of faith is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, we just talked about not having trouble with, with the devil. We said we're going to have trouble. We have an enemy in this earth. And the Bible talks about fiery darts. Paul used a metaphor of they used to have flaming arrows that that had... They were combustible, and when they, they would hit, they would just often just burst into flames. And he said, but the shield of faith is able to quench all the fiery darts. Now, here's something to keep in mind. It does not stop them from coming. It stops them from winning. That, does that help you? Because a lot of times people think, well, if I have faith, that means I'm not going to have any problems. No, you're going to have faith. All of us are going to have problems, but the problems don't have to win. There was a fiery dart sent at my wife 28, 29 years ago. 29 years ago. And almost took her life. But thank God for the shield of faith that quenched that, that fiery dart of acute chronic pancreatitis. And my wife is alive today. It came, but it didn't win. And there's a lot of us that can talk about things that came our way, but they didn't win. When the dust settled, we're still standing. And so Paul said, taking up the shield of faith with which you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Third reason, it it keeps us steady. We talked about that in our text scripture that no one should be shaken. So it keeps us steady. Our faith will help us and hold on. And then the fourth thing is how we start our life with God. By grace we're saved through faith. And so no one earned their way. No one in here. No one you know. I don't care how good they are. No one earned their salvation. We we just received it by faith, and so that's that's how our life with God starts. So tonight I will give you four more reasons. Here's the first one: It's ha- not how we just how we start our life with God; it's how we continue our life with God. Romans first chapter verses sixteen and seventeen. Paul is writing the church at Rome. He said, "For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it." The righteousness of God, being in right standing with God, is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. We don't just come, we just don't come to the Lord by faith and then that stops. We begin to live by faith. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes it. Isn't it interesting that the gospel, you can have two people that would hear the same message and someone have their life transformed and the other one go to sleep. They say, well, what's the difference? Because somebody listened to it and believed it. And it's the power of God to salvation to those who believe. I'm so glad I I heard preaching for years and years and years. But walking across the field in Carbondale, Illinois, on June 6th, 1978, I bowed my head and said, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I knew the gospel all the time, but the power of God that transformed my life did not happen until I believed. That's, it's the power, no, no believing, no power. No ticket, no laundry, no believing, no power. And that's and, and, and this is but this is how we live. Second Corinthians five seven. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, look, well, look, well, you know you do that already. How many of you have loved ones who who right now you believe they're in heaven? You believe they're there. When you wake up, a lot of times you're not you're not wondering and going, where are they? I hope I'll see them again. How many believe you're going to see them again? And when you see them again, they're going to look a whole lot better than they did before they left. Right? You know, it it, actually, this this hit me as like a revelation. It's like when we go to heaven, we're not the same age as when we left the earth. That that should be good news, guys. Because some people are even old. You don't be old in heaven, right? I don't know. I, 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 now, I, I have heard people who I trust who've had visions of heaven and have been there. Uh, one guy said, well, well, actually it was Keith Moore. And Keith said he saw his dad. His dad went early, died of a heart attack on Keith's plane. Died of a heart attack. And it really was bothering Keith. And the Lord gave him a visitation. He was sitting at his kitchen table. And he, he said, all of a sudden, he, he, he was in heaven. It's a neat story. He said, but he saw his dad. He said, his dad looked like he was about 30 years old. His dad had died when he had white hair. But he saw him, he had cold black hair. He looked good. Aren't you glad some of you guys are going to get your hair back? <laughs> How many know there ain't two pays in heaven? I just I, I love that thought because it means, hey, we're not old and decrepit when we get there. Amen. Paul said he didn't know whether he was in the body or out of the body when he went went to heaven. It's it's gonna be it's a very real place. And so I've I've done funerals, I've done so many funerals, I've done funerals for people who are believers. It is amazing the difference between believers' funerals and unbelievers' funerals. Believers' funerals, there's an element of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. They may see a body in the casket, but they go, Lord, I know that's not them. I know they're with you. That's only the shell they lived in. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. I said that my mom had gone home just recently, and I haven't been grieving. In fact, I've been praying that she's would. she been wanting to go home for a long time. Her, Her health has been bad, and my prayer is like, Lord, take her home. You say, well, Helen, that's a horrible prayer. Don't pray that for me. Well, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about my mom. That's right. And my mom was in bad health and wasn't feeling good. I'm praying, Lord, take her home because I know exactly where she is. That's right. Amen. Hadn't been there, but I believe it. We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. I want to give you a story tonight out of, the, out of the scriptures. It's a great story of faith. And it's the story of the nobleman's son. So let's, let's read this story. Bear with me, it's a little little bit, well, it's not that long. Shorter than a baseball game. So (laughs) So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he'd made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And the nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was going down, as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew it was in the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives, and he himself believed in his whole household. This is a good story. But it's a great story because it gives us a wonderful picture of faith. Jesus is in Cana, and this nobleman comes to him. The nobleman comes to him. He's royalty. We don't know how if he was related to one of the kings or, or related somehow, but he is, he is a nobleman. He is royalty, and he comes to Jesus and he has a request. It's about 20, 25 miles between Cana and Capernaum. So he gets to Jesus and he, he makes a big request to Jesus. He said, I need you to come and heal my son. He's about to die, he's at the point of death. That had to be a tough journey. If you're 20, whether he was walking, we don't know if he was walking or, had a, or he had an animal and he was riding it, but it's a long journey. And he comes and he says to Jesus, he said, I need you to come down and heal my son. And, and Jesus, Jesus looked at him. You know, Jesus would say interesting things to people sometimes. Yes, he, he didn't answer people every, <laughs> the way that you thought. Jesus didn't say, oh, I'll be right there. He, just said, look, he, he looked at him and said, unless you, unless you people see signs and wonders, you're not going to believe. Now, the, Jesus wasn't saying that like that's a good thing. Remember when he came to Thomas? Remember, Thomas said, until I, I, can, I can, after the resurrection, he said, unless I can put my finger in the nail holes and unless I can put my hand in the side, I'm not going to believe. Jesus didn't look at him and go, Thomas, you are so blessed. He said, Thomas, he said, come here, put your hand right here, put your hand in my side and don't be faithless, but believing. in. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, not because, he said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. For we walk by faith, not by sight, not by feelings. So this nobleman, he comes to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need you to come down and heal my son. He's a nobleman. He's, he's accustomed to people listening to him. He's accustomed to getting his way. And Jesus looked at him and said, well, unless you folks see signs and wonders, you're not going to believe. This guy didn't back off. He said, sir, you need to come down or my child's going to die. I need you to walk 25 miles and heal my son. And Jesus, Jesus just looked at him straight up and said, go your way. Your son lives. Now, I love what happens next. The the scripture said, and the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. And he went his way. He believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. And he turned around and left. Jesus wasn't with him. Jesus didn't do anything other than just simply give him his word. Go your way. Now he starts going down, and and here's where and and Bible historians debate on on when he got there. But he's walking down. How many of you know there's there's a time when Jesus spoke a word that says, your son is well, and the servants met him and said, your son lives. That's a gap. No texting. He couldn't text his wife and said, "How is how is he?" No phone calls. There's a gap. He had Jesus' word. He believed the word that Jesus said, and then he sees the he sees the servants coming. Don't you know thoughts went through his head when he sees the servants coming? You know the enemy's not going to just leave him alone. He's going to say something like, uh, "Your boy's dead. They're coming to tell you." They wanted to tell you before you got to the house so you could handle it, but they're coming. uh, But the servants said, your son lives. He said, when? When do you get better? They said yesterday, 7th hour. 1 o'clock. Yesterday. We don't know if you spent the night there. At the minimum. you got a, a six to seven hour gap between what Jesus said and when he found out that his boy was well. Right in there is a walk of faith. You pray, you ask God for an answer, you ask God for help, and you say amen. And right there, between the amen and the there it is, is a gap. And that's where we have to continue to walk by faith. How many of you right now are saying, you know, Alan, there are things I am praying about right now, and I have not seen or felt the answer to that yet. But here's the thing. What do you do in that gap? This is where I think, this is personally where I think Thanksgiving is one of the most powerful things that we can do. I think there's thankful. And you know, this guy's walking. He's just like us. He loves his kid. He walked all this way. He went all this way to see someone to heal his child. He loves his child. You know the thoughts are are going through his head But something else had to be going through his head Jesus said he's alive Jesus said he's alive Jesus said he's alive Oh, Oh, Thank you Lord Jesus said he's alive Listen guys This is why God's word is so important Because in that gap We need something to stand on Other than I hope so Or I wish it could be so We need the word of God To believe God's word that he speaks to us and, I'm a, and, let, and let me take this one more step. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. You need to take the, you need to, this is why I want you to read your Bible personally. Because God can give you a word personally that can speak to you. Because a lot of times people are acting on the word that Jesus spoke to somebody else. You need to act on the word he speaks to you. God came to my Bible school one time and he talked about giving his car away. He gave his car to another guy, and God gave him a brand new car. I thought that was the coolest thing. But I wasn't gonna give my car away. <laughs> but I had a watch I didn't like. And I gave it to a guy, gave it to a brother. i never forget, he looked at me and went, thanks? I, I, I thought I, w- I was acting on I was acting on that word you, you know there is a, a verse in the Bible that says give and it will be given to you right Amen. good measure pressed down shaken together yes, but I wasn't doing that because that's what the Lord impressed me to do I was doing that because I heard somebody else do it and gave their car away it wasn't the word to me I gave my watch away and I looked at my hairy wrist for months one? Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. You can't come in here and go, man, I, I've, I've, I've told stories in here about how my mom, how God gave her a word. One night when she was agonizing over me because I was I was so far away from God and she's agonizing and she got it and the Lord gave her a promise out of Isaiah that said I will pour my blessing on your your offspring and my, I'll pour my spirit on your on your seed it was a, it was and one will call himself by the name of Jacob it was a, a promise and when my mom got that she's like oh thank God my children are coming in Amen. and I did come in. And 15 years later, my, my, or 20 years later, my sister came back. But I've, had, I've shared that story, and I've had people come up to me after the service and say, what was that verse? And they're trying to take that verse for them. I'm going to believe that verse, Alan, for my... For my, for my don't do that. Go to the Bible yourself. Get a word yourself. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. Now you can be sitting in a service and I can say something or someone else can say something and it click off in you and you go, there it is, right there. Right there. We're going to come through this. Does that make sense? This is not Bible roulette. You don't want to play Bible roulette. I know people have done that. Lord, I need a word. Open it up. And Judas went and hung himself. It's like, Lord, I need another word. Go thou and do likewise. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's not worth talking about. But but this this is one of the reasons that I'm so... I'm so adamant on reading your Bible. When you personally read your Bible for yourself, you're giving God a chance to speak to you. And it's just as real as Jesus looking at that nobleman and saying, your son lives. Joy called me from from Tulsa when she had been up there. They had a healing school. She was so sick. And she called me and she said, she said, I just want you to know I got it. I said, what? I said, do you feel better? She said, no, no, no. no." She said, I was, just, I was just in my room. I was just praying. She said, and I was praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed by thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Joy was repeating that prayer, and she said it just dropped in her heart. There's no sickness in heaven. And it's not God's will for her to be sick down here. Amen. And she went, "I got it." Now, between that word and when she saw her healing in her body it was actually a couple of years. That's a gap. But she stayed with it. For we walk by faith, not by sight, not by feeling. And that's why Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Because the fight's in the gap. True? And it's a lot of times just in your head. It's never going to happen. What makes you think it's going to happen to you? That's why you need to have a word that Jesus spoke to you. Okay? Well, we got to the first one. It's y'all's fault y'all listen so well. Here's the the next one. And uh, this is probably the only one we get to tonight. We want to grow and develop in our faith because it's vital to our joy and our peace. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. We have to take the step of believing to walk in joy and peace. Oftentimes, people who, who don't have a relationship with the Lord, the only time there's joy is if there's something good going on around them. Or the only time they have peace is when all their situation, all their, all their circumstances around them. I, I've been that way. Maybe you've been that way. But there's a difference between having everything perfect on the outside and having joy and peace on the inside. And I'm going you something. You can have joy and peace on the inside with all hell busting loose on the outside. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're, if you're fairly new to this, that's, that's hey, listen, that's part of the good news. Part of the good news, thank God, we don't have to have everything perfect on the outside because I want to tell you something, trying to get everything perfect on the outside is tough. Yeah. In fact, you'll hear people say, <laughs> you may have said this yourself, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's not good. What's not good? Everything's going too good. Everybody say that? Everything's going too good. I'm just waiting for the, other shoe to By the way, that's not a scripture. <laughs> The other shoe dropping is not a scripture, but I understand what they're saying, that they're they're afraid. You ever see those guys juggle plates? Okay, okay, this will date me, but I'm already dated, so who cares? Um, Ed Sullivan Show, I remember the Ed Sullivan Show? Okay, talent show, Ed Sullivan They would bring in a guy who would juggle plates on a stick and he would, he'd get one plate and he'd get that plate spinning, right? And then he run over, he had another plate, and he'd get that plate spinning. And then he run back, and he had, and look, all of a sudden, he got like 10 plates spinning. This is how most people live their lives. They're like, I gotta get my, my spouse right, and I get that spinning. Oh, kids are messed up, I'm gonna get them spinning. And then my, my health is jacked up, I need to get it spinning. And just kind of running from plate to plate to plate, trying to keep the plates to, from falling. You can drive yourself nuts trying to live that way. Why well, do just not believe, say, Lord, I can't get all these plates spinning, but I can have joy and peace in you because I believe you yeah. and I believe things are going to turn out well. Yeah. And because I believe things are going to, I've got plates crashing all around me. Listen, hey, you, you can still have peace on the inside, joy and peace in believing. David said, I would have lost heart. I would have fainted unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you believe that, if you're so, here's the deal: you lose joy and peace. The question to ask is, what am I believing? I lost my joy. I just don't have any joy. What are you believing? I don't know. I'm believing it's. I'm believing life is hard. It is hard. Is that all you're gonna believe? I, I'm just. I've just got so many things going on, Alan. Huh? I know, I got you, I feel you. But that's not going to help you. What's going to help you is to believe something different. God of hope, hope is expectation, fill you with joy and peace in believing. Believing what? Believing there's a reason for joy. Believing there's a reason for peace. I Bible said the peace of God that passes all understanding. No, there's a peace that can absolutely keep your heart and your mind when nothing around you makes sense. Amen. Joy and peace in believing. So you say, well, I don't have any joy any peace. That's where I'm going to encourage you, get in the book and spend some time with him. And he'll speak a word to you. that will help you. that will just bring joy. that will just bring peace. I had an operation a number of years ago on my, uh, my eye. Some of you remember when I had an autoimmune disease that kicked out something and my, my right eye just protruded. It was kind of embarrassing. And the Lord stopped the progression of it and I was able to have a surgery. And the surgery pretty much restored it. But what happened when it was restored was that I, I, I was seeing double. That's not good. I'm not driving anywhere seeing double. And I remember I was, I was, I was seeing, you know, I'm walking. You're seeing double, man. It makes walking funny. And uh, I was walking. I was was in the kitchen. I can tell you right where I was standing. Right in the kitchen. And all of a sudden I knew it's not going to be this way. Your eyes going to go back to normal. I didn't hear a voice. I just had a knowing. Because I thank God he's a healer. And, and I, don't, I don't see double today. And, and the, the double vision changed. And it went away. But as soon as I had that word, there was a peace there. Does that make sense? God can give you a word about your, about your family situation, about your business situation, about your career. He can give you a word on so many different things. He had a good God. And he can speak peace to our heart and joy. And you can have a joy and everyone's looking at you like going, I know your life is jacked up. Why are you so happy? You're like, I don't know. I know, it's gonna, but it, I know it. this ain't the end. And we, right. we, we haven't written my last chapter yet. It's going to turn out okay. Bow your heads with me. Amen. Father, thank you for your goodness. And, Father, for those right now who are dealing with no joy and no peace, I thank you there's a promise here, a promise, Father, that simply stepping out and believing your words, what you've spoken to their hearts, what you've said in the past, even what I said tonight, Father, they can take that and make that theirs because that's a promise from you. So, Father, thank you that joy can come and peace can come again. And it can be that way, continually. And we thank you for that. Such your bowed and eyes are closed if you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I know that and he knows it. But I want one. Or maybe you're sitting there listening or you're watching online and you're saying, you know what, I used to have a, a life with God and I walked away from him. I don't want it to stay that way. I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. If you're in here, We're going to pray this prayer with you. If you're watching online, you can pray this with us. And uh, we're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. I'm going to ask you, though, and and this is good. If that's you that I'm talking to and you say, you know, Alan, I don't know that I have a relationship with the Lord, but I want one, or I want to come back to him. I want to be a part of this prayer. Would you pray for me? Would you just shoot your hand up just real quick across this auditorium and say, that's me. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. 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 Got it. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you wanted to, you can jump right in. And this prayer, this promise belongs to you. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we're going to pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. If you're watching online, you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with somebody else, just pray it quietly to yourself. Say, dear God, dear God I, know needs a I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a, new in I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes, to you. Because said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Father, thank you that that prayer is available for everyone. And thank you. All we have to do is believe it. Thank you for those who made that step tonight, for those who've come in and for those who've come home. We rejoice with them. And Father, thank you that your promises in Christ are yes and amen to us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.